So uh, you had a company party recently, a holiday I, party. I did. I had uh, the holiday party for my studio last weekend, or not last weekend, last Friday. Oh. And uh, it was a very, a very nice hotel Oh, uh, with a view onto the sound. and it, Everything was lovely. The oh, food great. was great, and uh, open bar, not bad. And uh, yeah, everything was great. Uh, well done by all involved. And uh, I had a great time, but I was uh, leaving, and uh, you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, good, what a good night. Got to know my boss a little bit, got to know a couple people a little bit more, hang out with them. It's not something you get to do these days. It's cool. Uh, leaving the garage. Mm-hmm. And I get to the ticket reader. Now, uh, our tickets were validated somewhat. I don't know how much it covered, but uh, I wasn't expecting to pay anything. And uh, up on the old card reader pops a six buckaroos. So I say, okay, I'll pay it. I see there's a little line forming behind me. Hey, look, it's my boss. Several other people I work uh, with, uh, you know, that are on my team, lined up behind me there. And so I, I pull out the old credit card, and I uh, stick it in, and it goes all the way in there, and it doesn't come back. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, I realized that I've, uh, I was used to another type of, uh, you know, parking garage entry system, where those are the same holes. In this case, they are not. There oh, is no. clearly a credit card reader next to it. So I have shoved my credit card uh, into the ticket <laughs> slot. Um, now the machine is just going, uh, try again, try again, try again. <laughs> and uh, so I have to get out of my car and mm-hmm. go to my boss and be like, hey, so... <laughs> Is there another exit to this place? You might want to try start trying to find it. <laughs> and then several of the people behind her who are, uh, you know, who I'm working with on a day-to-day basis get out of their cars. So like, Force, what have you done? Oh, no. And uh, I had to explain it. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, all in all, the you know, not a terrible end. It took about, you know, whatever, ten minutes, and then a person came down, opened up the machine... <laughs> Pulled my credit card from the where it was gumming up the works and uh, rebooted the whole thing and uh, let me and then he scanned his card and I got to leave and guess what didn't have to pay anything. Watch me get a bill for the <laughs> repair of this machine. <laughs> now I was gonna save. Hey, all right, everything's coming up for us. I like the way you <laughs> move. I like that. I like that a lot. Like <laughs> you know, like pretend to you know. Be grossly Fuck incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes, of course. Just pretend. Yes. Six dollars. Mm. You're like, so I gummed up the machine by accident. Wink. I could hear it over the thing. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> that, was, that was a nice. Uh, everything went well until it didn't, which is uh, classic me. That's Forrest. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, well, well. Let me ask you: how do you how do you rate a good quality holiday party? Is it by the fact they serve past shrimp? Uh, they didn't serve any past hors d'oeuvres at this at this event. Was, um, was it a sit down dinner? 
or was there was a uh, there was a bit a buffet uh, and it was a lunch. It was an interesting setup. It was sort of like an all day thing. Wait, 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 wait! You broke the parking lot machine during the day? Uh, no. Well, <laughs> well, it's so hard to tell around here because it gets uh, the sun goes down at four p.m. <laughs> but uh, it was like yeah, it was like three thirty. <laughs> a bunch to drink either i had like a single drink with the you know with the very nice buffet uh lunch and uh so i was pretty much sober as a judge here here i am thinking like you did that hella late at night and i was like oh shit happens you can't receive the card reader that late new parking lot you never know afternoon or mid-afternoon i should say i'd be putting that shit on your like like your fucking employment plan or something like that <laughs> uh, it's definitely be it is gonna be one of the things i'll improve on in my employee review yeah I'll give you a little, might give you a pip for that <laughs> next time next time i won't back up a line of five cars because i uh put my credit card in the ticket slot it's well hey 3 30 oh excuse me Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy uh-huh. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies A couple of nerds, but got style We so cool, pop culture Talking new and old school, yeah You should know we love hip-hop From the roots, Ty Live, shout out to Feral Munch, we giving you what you want It don't get no liver, ain't no doubt we gotcha This is Pop Saga, let's go Oh yeah, you heard right This is a lifestyle, welcome to the nerd life Pop Saga Welcome to Pop Saga, pal. That's it. That's all you're getting from me and Bruce Willis Day. That's right. We're talking about the <laughs> 1988 hit movie Die Hard. We're not going to be moonlighting this time. Nope. We are exploring our respectively ranked second and third all-time favorite action movies. Our unbreakable resolve will get us to talk about the Bruce, this Bruce Willis movie, also starring the great Alan Rickman, Bonnie Bedella, and Urkel Stomper, Reginald Vell Johnson. Will we agree that this is a Christmas movie, or will it be Armageddon amongst your hosts? I'm John Kashmir, the smooth Uber driver who has the hookup, and as always, I am joined by Forrest McLean, grizzled Fresno security guard, hot on the case of who stole the food court's mustard. So take your shoes off, find a strange carpet, ball up your feet, relax, and stay a while. Hudson Hawk. <laughs> anyway, how you doing? How you doing, Forrest? I'm doing, uh, I'm doing great, I'm doing great, pal. Oh, California, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, it's get smoke inside an airport, it's really weird. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, I'm, I'm Mr. McLean. Is it, is it ironic? Or not ironic? Is mm. it ironic? <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. Um. Sure. This movie... I, it kind of occurred to me today is like uh, it it takes all this insane shit to happen to this guy 
to realize he was being a shitty husband. <laughs> is this what is this what it really takes, uh, Detective McLean? You uh, you have to you have to. Uh, they're not terrorists. They're thieves. You have to thieves. fend off a bunch of professional thieves, kill a ton of them, and then you're like, you know what? I was kind of a de- bad husband. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, look at my look at my tank top. It kept changing color. It kept getting worse and worse and worse. Oh man, that's a grubby tank top. That is, that is, that is, that is grotal. And uh, I think that's you know was his like the third ghost in the Scrooge movie. Death, <laughs> death, right? <laughs> the death your... when his tank top died. That's really what. Uh, that's really what turned him yeah, around. He learned. He was like, you know what, pal? I shouldn't be so bad. Um, or like start fight with my, you know, my wife for no other reason than because I like starting fights. Yeah, I do like the little bit of Bruce Willis acting in that scene, though, where he gets into a fight with his ex or his estranged wife. Yeah. And uh, he really beats him up uh, himself up afterwards. I think that was uh, that was a great little character building moment for J- John McLean. Yeah, I'd say there's a lot of that there. There's mm-hmm. actually a lot of ways he says lines in it that generally had, you know, I watch it. I watched it again with my wife just so I could uh, refresh thy memory. And um, I was just, we were just laughing. There's one point she was like, yeah, it sounds like something, that sounds like something you would say. And I was like, <laughs> did I get my isms from John McClane? <laughs> you know, and I think it was, it was like when he was like fighting Carl, he's like, motherfucker! I'll kill you! And I was just yeah, like, yeah, that's kind of the way I <laughs> Yeah, they, that fight, it just gets really visceral and uh, really personal, like Carl says it is. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, he's like, no, I got a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. And you're just like, oh, he accidentally broke your brother's neck. It's cool, though. Like, <laughs> Doesn't he? Put, he, ta- he talks about that while he's beating up Carl, right? He's just like, "Oh, this is what your brother's neck sounded like when it snapped, or something." <laughs> hey, man, when you go talk shit, and you're, you know, you're fighting, you, you know, you're fighting like the mid boss because he's got a different gun than everyone else. Yeah. Well, he's the end boss, I think. Yeah, I mean. No, I think he's, he's, you know, like if we are gamifying this, he's, I think, the mid-boss that's tougher than the end-boss. Right, you get like, past Carl, and and Hans, it's just, just a quick-time event, and you're like, oh. Yeah, okay, I guess so. Uh, push Y. All right, I can do that. Oh, push. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's like you push Y to uh, draw your gun, or you have to push, probably have to push, like, Y, then A. Because then you gotta kill. You gotta not only shoot Hans and make him fall out of the window, but also shoot uh, Huey Lewis in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was gonna literally be my first question. I was like, so that security guard, that was Huey Lewis, right? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely. I was like, wait a minute. Because, you know, he's in Back to the Future, he's been in movies. I was like, wow, first off, Huey Lewis is looking jacked. And secondly, I didn't know he was in this movie, and of course it's not. But uh, I mean that, even though I like, I'm sure I've asked that same question like a thousand times. That still occurred to me this time when I watched it. I was like, "Damn, yeah, that is Jack. He's like, he's showing us the power of love 
and like yep. deadlifts. <laughs> do, do, <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, every time I see him, I was just like, look at Haley Lewis over there. The every power time. of neck. Yeah, he's a thick neck. Oh my god. Oh my god. This this is this has been a this has been a fun kind of block of things to uh, watch and talk about cuz we just did our, you know, top 10 action movies, 80s action movies and uh, like I said in the opening, this is respectively our second and third ones. Mm-hmm. My my second, your third. Um, yes, let's be clear. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not saying it's because I like it a little bit more than you do. I'm just saying that is the order in which it happened. And listen, listen. Yeah. Uh, did I regret my numbering after I saw this movie? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> I know you did. Did I rethink? Did I not remember Die Hard as well as I thought I did? <laughs> Probably. Do, so... Do you want to do a retraction now? Or are you standing by your list? No, I mean, I you know, I think I have to go with with what's out there. But I will say that were I doing this list again, uh, I don't know. I'd have to watch Commando again. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, this might be the same thing where I was like, Die Hard is above Commando for sure, and then I watch Commando. And I'm like, no. Yeah, there. I mean, don't get me wrong. Commando is an excellent film. It was my ninth. Um, mm-hmm. And after, you know, uh, listening and editing that episode, it, it kind of got me thinking, maybe I could have moved this a little higher. <laughs> <laughs> Especially how I was talking about it. I was like, man, I kind of really think this movie. I, <laughs> made it. I love Commando. <laughs> it was great. I should have made it at least number five. But, yeah. But, I mean, you, you know. Yeah. It was going off of what I remembered yeah. versus like, you know, it's not like when we do these top tens, we're going to sit and watch everything and be like, okay, let's do a character study. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think if you, if you're taking Commando and Die Hard and you're saying, which is sort of like objectively the better film, I think probably you get Die Hard wins out because yeah, yeah, it's writing I think is superior. The action is way more intense and interesting and plus you know in commando the main character is basically like a gi joe whereas he (laughs) like he is he's like unreasonably unhumanly buff he is uh just the best at all the weapons and he just and he is just like what he's on easy mode basically whereas john mcclain is on nightmare mode yeah, he he he's definitely turned up the difficulty, and it it is weird. I was thinking about it while watching it because this felt like this was kind of a shift to slightly more. Is please take this with the biggest grain of salt ever. Slightly more realistic action star. Sure, you know, like you know, I mean, obviously, knowing me. After I got off the airplane, I probably would have been seriously injured. So, like, uh, trying <laughs> trying to grip my toes into some weird carpet. You know, oh, God, this feels terrible. That would have been the end of me. So, If I it was me, like, definitely I would have canceled <laughs> going to the party. <laughs> just been like, oh, I'm just so wiped. Hey, babe, I'm wiped from the flight. See you on the flip-flop. <laughs> yeah. Stay with my cop friend. 
Yeah. Uh, but he's in Pomona. Don't worry, I don't know where that is. I think it's close Pomona. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> Her response was correct. Yeah, of course. It'd be like, yeah, he's up in California City. <laughs> oh. uh, California City, you say? Mm-hmm. You know it's a place that's bad when they name it after the state it's in. It's like you have no other options. You could call it A, and probably even A City would probably be better than insert name of state, city, inside, you know, state. Yeah. 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 He's he's staying by the Salton Sea. (laughs) Sorry, pal. I ain't gonna go. Yeah, there's good fishing out there. So, <laughs> when did you first watch Die Hard? Oh, I don't remember. I feel like I've always watched Die Hard. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I get you. <laughs> it's been okay. a part of my fabric of my being. I don't, you know, I really don't know. I'm, I know that I saw the TV edit first. Um, okay. Because Yippie K, Mr. Falcon, has been a part of my lexicon since as long as I can remember. Now, was the Mr. Falcon in part one? Because I know it's in part two. I thought for sure it was in part one in the scene where he kills Hans. Hmm. That's going to be interesting. Because I I got to... Now now I need to know that. Well, yeah, it might be two. I I saw two on TV as well. I mean, that's how... I, I remember... I think we saw this on, like, VHS... Because at that point, we had a VHS machine, so we would sit and watch movies. Uh-oh, someone's getting down, <laughs> getting that taste of garbage going. That's right, it's a Rip City Lager by Deschutes. We're in Deschutes country. Brought to you by Deschutes. Just kidding, Deschutes. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> so, I know that's how I watched it. And then I think I watched too, like on like HBO or something. But then I remember it being on uh, CBS, and I might be completely wrong, but I remember seeing it on CBS, and that's when I heard like the infamous edit, and that was the one where, you know, spoilers, he, uh, he lights the gasoline from the plane, and it catches the trail, and that's when he goes, "Yippee!" Ki-, you know, it's like "Yippee Kaye, Mister Falcon." and and i was like well he's kind of flying i guess it makes sense but you know versus you know now like thinking about like how he delivered uh, yippee kaye in this movie with so much gusto and so much pizzazz and so much like someone (laughs) like getting off a a bus after dealing with someone rude on it like you know he's like yippee kaye motherfucker Yeah. What if he said in the actual movie, Yippie Kaye, Mr. Gruber? Well, I mean, it would have been correct and very yeah, polite. It would. it would have been so polite. I bet, like, it would have really taken Hans back. And he would have been like, Thank you for being so kind to me. Oh, I'm shot. Oh, God. I'm falling over. <laughs> oh, Don't undo her Rolex. <laughs> By the way, you are correct. It is Die Hard 2 that has Yippie Kaye, Mr. Falcon in it. Not Die Hard 1. A shame. Uh, they should have 
brought it back. They should have used it in the first one and then referenced it in the second one. Really make it, drive it home. Make it part of his lexicon. I, you know, if I was whoever directed the third one, not the second one, which was directed by Rennie Harlan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all Enemy we'll of the podcast. <laughs> Rennie Harlan's podcast. Yes. Cutthroat Island, my ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to like that movie, Rennie. Gotta believe yeah. me. <laughs> it was Pirates and Gina Davis in it. Uh, America's Gary Hughes in, in Matthew <laughs> Modine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> had everything. Had star making material and then it was that it. But whoever did the third one, I would have loved it if he said yippee Mr. Falcon in that one and they just acknowledged that edit. <laughs> yep. Just like, yeah. It's very referential. They, they uh, bring back Jeremy Irons to shoot a special face scene. Why do you always say this with the Mr. Falcon? I don't get it. Well, one time when I was a kid, I had a little doll, and his name was Mr. Falcon. We used mm-hmm. to play cowboy. And then he just shoots him right in the middle of what he's saying, because he's drawn <laughs> him into his beautiful story, and then boom. I was really entranced. I was waiting yeah. for more. <laughs> Me and Mr. Falcon every day. Oh, so good. <laughs> here's here's a funny thing that happened to me while I was watching this movie. It's been a while since I've seen it, obviously. And I thought for some reason that Argyle dies. And so I love Argyle as a character. And so the whole <laughs> pretty much the whole movie, I was just like, oh, man, this poor guy. <laughs> I was feeling really bad for him. And then he was fine at the end, and I was like, what the hell, Argyle? <laughs> You're like, all right! <laughs> yeah. Way to go! He's got a we great name. It. He's got a great name and a great attitude. And a pretty good right hook. So, yeah, he's <laughs> got everything you need. But, in a weird aside... The reason why I was calling Jean-Claude Van Damme Frank Devereaux is because Uh the guy who played Argyle's name is like Dev Vareaux, his (laughs) real name. And I think I flashed that in my brain as we were doing it. So I just like Frank Devereaux because I remember it started with a B. And that was it. So there you go. So uh, apologies there. You know, a little retcon. (laughs) Well, you know, you got that. You got Argyle on the brain. I don't blame you. I mean, you know, I mean, that limo really did have everything for, like, 1988. Oh, yeah. A TV? A phone? Right? Booze? He just hung out in the parking garage for so long. I mean, to be honest, if that was my mobile office, I would, too. I'd just find a parking lot and just be chilling in the back the whole day and be like... What you doing? I have phone calls. I'm watching network TV. I'm having a good life. And my name is Argoy- Argyle. 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 Can you imagine if that was actually his name? Argyle. <laughs> Don't worry, Mr. McLean. It's not a full moon today. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then later he sees a gargoyle and he puts it together oh my god my little driver's a gargoyle <laughs> 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 
gargoyle. Uh, yep, it's a great backdoor pilot. God, I should not have been drinking water when you said that. I thought I had myself a good two seconds to take a sip. And I, oh, I can't wait to see Argoyle the Gargoyle <laughs> weeknights on CBS. It'll be right in between Beauty and the Beast and the Nanny. Oh my gosh, do you remember that show, Beauty and the Beast? Hell yeah, dude. Ron Perlman. Yeah, and what, Linda Hamilton. And Linda Hamilton. That, that yeah. show scarred me forever as a kid because there was an episode that had a bunch of fake-looking giant ants. Or spiders or something. They were coming to get Linda Hamilton. She couldn't move or something. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, that image plays over in my head anytime I'm afraid of anything. <laughs> I like, I, I, Keep away from Terminator 2. No. Every time. That was also when I knew my time with watching CVS was over. Was when Beauty and the Beast came on, cause I was like, no, nah, all right, I'm good. I can't watch this. Let's find something else yeah. on TV. Well, in my household, we only had one TV, and you know, it was whatever, whatever mom wants to watch, or Ugh. babysitters, various babysitters, and of course, everyone wanted to watch Beauty and the Beast. Oh wow! I'm glad I was a latchkey kid with my own <laughs> TV. <laughs> worry about any of that stuff. Get as old as time. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Is Mash on? <laughs> Gotta change that channel too. Ah, <laughs> uh, Hill Street Blues, finally. <laughs> finally, let the real scarring begin. <laughs> what are you doing with Dennis Franz? No! Anyway. <laughs> My favorite figure! That's a thumb, you need it. Oh yeah, right. That's not technically a finger. A little, little. Uh, yeah, you learn something new. You coming to Pop Saga? Trying to listen about Die Hard, <laughs> and you'll never get it. And you learn that uh, f- a thumb is not a finger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, educational minute over, and yep. diverging rant over. Uh, <laughs> well. That's that's something you, hard to promise, but yes. Yeah, I I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm feeling this pod full of lies, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him we never met Alice. Oh my God, fuck Alice. God, I've never liked I've I've never liked him, and now being as old as I am, I I dislike him even more. Everyone has who has been in an office setting, I feel like, has known an Ellis. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's what it makes that character so eminently hateable. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, you know. Like, he gets what he gets, and I guess you shouldn't want that on anybody, but like... Well, I did have a new... Like, a, not a new appreciation for the guy, because I still hate the character, but... Uh, I think I wrote in my notes that his death is not satisfying enough, but, um... <laughs> it should not throw it out the window. <laughs> yeah, but, but, uh... Here's brain hole whistling. They should have slow-mo, like, everyone bad in that movie should get a slow-mo, uh, fall out of a window, but, uh, I didn't realize, or I didn't remember, uh, Holly Gennaro talking about 
how uh, Ellis gets really depressed this time of year. And because uh, they had just seen him like doing a line of cocaine off of her disc. <laughs> nice move, Ellis, you disrespectful toad. But uh, I-, I thought it was interesting that they threw that in there because, yeah, you're like, well, that does seem kind of like somebody who would be depressed. He probably doesn't have a lot of friends because he's a douchebag. And he, you know, he's doing cocaine all the time. And so he's getting passed over for these big promotions. Sure, sure. I mean, I get that. You know, there's a lot that, you know, happens during the holiday season for sure. But let me ask you something. Any place you've ever worked at, have you ever decided to go into your boss's office and do a line of coke? Before <laughs> No. You- <laughs> it's not something I've ever tried. And if I it was the first time trying it, I don't think it would be in that setting. I don't know. Maybe call me cautious. Call me uh, call me a little bit of a prude. But I don't think that's where I do it. I mean, I feel like he probably has his own office. I feel like that. I feel like it's close. To, he, he, he's high enough that he'd have his own desk. Or, you know, you can go to the bathroom or something. But to do that, like... In no, he has... He has his own bathroom, right? Isn't that that's what? Yeah, and she wants Holly to get says. In. Yeah, so go do that there. But I think that's exactly why he's not doing it there. I think it is a hundred uh, percent like like a, power, like a move? power move. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, then good. I'm glad he. Uh... Yeah, then I don't feel so bad anymore. <laughs> I never felt bad to begin with. Very much like you, I don't think it's very satisfying. If he would have went out the window. And we could hear his the bullet hole whistling as he's free falling. Then that would have been that was really dark. I apologize. For that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we uh, we went there and we and we can't come back. <laughs> Just like have him. That's I mean, they do have that thud sound when Hans. Uh, <laughs> I love I love the the deputy police chief's line right there, where he's like, oh, oh I hope that's not a hostage. <laughs> <laughs> that dude. What's a Paul, Paul he has, Gleason? He's, yeah, he, he, he like shows up. He's really mean to Al, but like he has some of the funniest lines in the entire movie. Like when FBI agents Johnson and Johnson die, he just goes... Oh, looks like we're going to need some more FBI guys. <laughs> he says FBI guys! <laughs> like, it's an extra man. <laughs> oh, I guess we'll need some more FBI guys. <laughs> so good. Well, I mean, I was comforted by the fact that I knew that, you know, Sergeant Powell was on the case for... He seemed to have his shit together. Um, oh, yeah. You know... Did you know that this, the, I mean, uh, you obviously did because you saw it. You saw the start, the beginning credits, but uh, I had forgotten this movie was based on a book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> apparently it was going to take over the course of three days, but they were like, nah. <laughs> but the original book was mm. super depressing. Oh, uh, did, did Powell not make it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Powell is still he's still in it. Like okay, Powell's, that's good. Uh, he, he Sergeant Powell is pretty much the same character throughout. But instead of John McClane, the main character is this detective. Uh, I you know I forget his 
last name. Something forgettable, <laughs> obviously. But it, he's like old and grizzled, and he goes to this Christmas party that is uh, to visit his daughter and grandkids. Um, and then this terrorist named Anton Gruber takes over the tower, mm-hmm. and his plan, yeah, <laughs> and his plan is to take those that money and just uh, throw it out the window as like a little show of like, oh, this capitalism. Because they were, uh, I think it originally was supposed to be a sort of pastiche of uh, Exxon. It was like, uh, it was just an oil company, that not a, uh, I guess that's what Nakatomi is, right? But it was, I don't know, it wasn't Japanese. But anyway, it turns out that like, uh, the main character's daughter is working with the terrorists, and so they both die in the end. And then he... <laughs> The main character, the Bruce Willis character, is basically like, he just leaves depressed and bitter. (laughs) He was not able to save his daughter, because they both fall, her and Anton both fall off the building. Oh. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, this sounds like the first instance where I'm like, I think the movie's better than the book. I think you're right. And it was a sequel. So it was a sequel to this book called The Detective. And by the way, the book is called Nothing Lasts Forever, I do believe. Wow, that uh, sounds don't, like a James Bond title. <laughs> it totally does. Nothing lasts forever. The, apparently the author saw a towering inferno and he was like, eh, maybe I could <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Willis. Maybe I could set a, one of this uh, sequel of this book in a, a big old inf- tower. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the, just wanted to throw that, that out there. Did not know that. Looked it up. Kind of wish I hadn't. It was like, oh, I was like, whoa, what cool other details. And it's just like, no, this sucks. It's really, sounds really depressing. Yeah, it does sound good. I mean, it is, it is a great setting for, like, a mo- like for an action movie. Because, sure. Because, you know, like, it just had its main set pieces and the way they, you know, the way uh, McTiernan kind of set it up. Like, you knew where McLean was traveling when he was traveling between floors because we would see these same places kind of over and over again. So it's like we were learning how he was learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it builds like, you know, you know, I've seen this movie, you know, dozens of times. It feels like, you know, there's still a level of tension when he's moving throughout. And um, yeah, I, I always thought that was a great setting. So at least the Towering Inferno part from that you know, pay dividends. If I'm, I'm, I'm glad like his daughter and Anton Gruber. God, what a, <laughs> what a name! Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's like, can you? Uh, what brilliance of these filmmakers to take that start and be like, no, we're gonna throw out all this crap. We're gonna make it like a heroic story about an everyman, uh, instead of it just being like. Grizzled old dad cop takes his police issue revolver and kills like twelve people <laughs> and is unable to save his daughter. He's got six you know. Weirdly bullets, enough, <laughs> weirdly enough, the the final scene with Carl, who is somehow still alive, and like starts gunning down, or he in the book he guns down a lot of people before. Uh, Sergeant Powell is able to take him down, but that whole, the whole scene is f- like weirdly intact. 
That's what they kept? Right, they kept the, the Sergeant Powell subplot. That's, I mean, you know, good for him. I think Powell yeah. deserves... good for Powell, us, too. Yeah. But, you know, that part always bugged the hell out of me. I'm like, wait a minute, you just... You just pulled his body right away. And then, um... You let him hold on to the gun? Like, <laughs> he still has the Or he just walked downstairs as police are streaming into the building. And they're like, well, he's probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks fine. He's just bleeding from his head. Uh, that guy's got a gun. Oh, he's probably one of the hostages. Never mind. Yeah, you know, just like, just like McLean assured that dude on the airplane that he was just a cop. Sure, I guess I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Trust me, I've been doing this for ten years. <laughs> yeah, what is this one-upsmanship? Yeah. <laughs> Just get the fuck out of there. Uh, wow, what a weird thing to keep. <laughs> They're basically what? like, all right, cop in a building versus a bunch of bad guys. We'll take it from here, guy who wrote the book in the novel. <laughs> we got it covered. Well, I remember reading that a lot of this movie and a lot of its lines were improvised or like moments were improvised because a lot of like script edits and in certain ways it feels that way, but it also feels a lot more genuine. Mm -hmm. Like, like when Hans and McLean meet, they didn't rehearse. Neither one of them rehearsed that. So <laughs> Alan, that, Rickman, Alan Rickman's uh, very believable American accent. Oh my god! Oh my god! You're hey, one of them. <laughs> hey, that oh my god! Even though, yeah, whatever. He sells like, it. He sells it. Yeah, yeah. he hell that sells it. Like, I mean, look. Arguably, I'm gonna say this is Bruce Willis's best character is John McClane, but. Yeah. It's only because he has the awesome power of an Alan Rickman, who's this is his first film, and yeah. that, just, that just blows my mind that this is Alan Rickman's first film and he just kills it. Like yeah, I he mean, does. he just kills it. He's he's such a likable bad guy. It's gross. Um, <laughs> You know, and he does it so well in that whole part. Like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. You're one of them. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Sound like the C-52s. <laughs> Somebody went under a dock. Don't kill me. <laughs> Really it's just it. like it's like Paul Lind. <laughs> he just turns into Paul Lind. Oh no! <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> I mean, shit! I would have watched that with Alan Rickman doing a Paul Lind biopic. I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, now that you say that about the. Uh, the dialogue being um, improvised, I could definitely see the part where he goes, no bullets, what do you think, I'm fucking stupid, Hans? <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. Because it's just like, it is so uh, 
it's so genuine, just kind of way he says certain things. I just like, yeah, it feels like someone just, you know, just ad libbing. Like I know um, Ellis's line, like Hans, Bubby, <laughs> was ad lib because like his, uh, you could see Alan Rickman's face is like, that was not expected. <laughs> what not is this, Bubby? <laughs> Tell me, and I can't do it. I, I don't even remotely try to do an Alan Rickman voice. Where is Kane? Yeah, that's where I was going. <laughs> Tell me, where is Kane? Oh, that's pretty good. Pretty good. I like it. <clears throat> I like yeah, it. Whatever. It, 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 yeah, it works in a pinch. Um,. You know, another line that I love from this movie is when uh, Reginald Vell Johnson, uh, when he starts getting shot at, and he's like, Damn, God damn it, Jesus H. Christ! <laughs> They're turning my car to Swiss cheese! <laughs> well, I mean, the way he was backing up and fell over. <laughs> he just backed up until he fell off a wall. <laughs> he was like, I could get the fuck out of there. <laughs> I just love his acting. Everything. That line is so good. It's it's funny, but it's I don't know, it's just classic. It's fantastic, is what it is. Oh yeah, no. I I everything. Like when I said the Yippie Kaye motherfucker, that what I I totally forgot how he de- delivered it. But that cracked me up. That motherfucker, I'll kill you felt real. Like I think he was Really going to kill the guy playing Carl? (laughs) 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 Who knew that Bruce Willis was such a method actor? Oh, so so many great lines, and then then even the whole thing like, like they're missing, and then you know, fucking Pal is just like they're shooting at the lights. And all of a sudden, the lights get blown out. You're like, look, come on, man. You should be having Sergeant Powell coordinating all these people down here. (laughs) Well, you knew the other guy sucked. Because he came in there and just started sucking right from the start. And didn't really stop. Yeah, I mean, he sucked all the way through. But I guess he, uh... Yeah, he's doing his his role. Like, when those (laughs) guys... Once the eight FBI guys show up, suddenly he becomes much more likable. Well, compared to those two, jeez. <laughs> compared to Johnson and Johnson. Uh no relation. No relations. Yeah. <laughs> they have another one of they have another great quote where <laughs> the dude is like just like fucking Sagon, ain't it slick? <laughs> the other guy's like, I was in junior high, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Because he doesn't have, like, the helicopter headset on, so he knows yeah. he can't hear him. Yeah, but he was... Oh, my God. Of course. I love... Yo. Well, those guys, I mean, they that was a gruesome kind of end. They just got blunt the fuck up. Well, they kind had it coming. Yeah, a little bit. 20%? I fear we lose... What did they say? 20, 30% of the hostages? I could live with that. I was like, What? <laughs> It's like, oh, well, it's the 80s, I guess, played by different rules by then. It, it, shit, even when McClane, you got me remembering, even when McClane was called, when he gets the radio, and he just is, like, doing the whole mayday, mayday, and, like, the police dispatcher's just like, you know, whoever you are, 
this reserved channel or something. And he's like, no fucking shit, lady. Doesn't sound like I'm ordering a pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be it would be really cool to know which of those lines was was ad libbed and and which wasn't. I guess it's really a te- testament to the acting and writing in that movie that you can't really tell. Realistically, like, uh, is the quality or sets the bar of a good or a great action movie, I should say, not a good action movie, is that the writing isn't just insipid or in, insipid? There you go. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, there's more to it or there's layers or the fact that you have actors generally believing they are in this world <laughs> versus <laughs> just kind of be like, uh, here I am. I'm going to blow up this, you know, this small continent, and nothing, no one's going to be able to stop me because you, yeah, I sure, am. you know. But then you get them in Predator, and you're like, oh, okay, this seems like they got some high quality, you know, acting in this one. So it's you know a lot tighter and a lot fun, you know, more fun movie. And in this one, I think you have Bruce Willis, who's like in the height of his moonlighting days. You Another show I used to be subjected to. <laughs> <laughs> as a kid but it was i actually liked oh yeah well i mean i, I ain't ragging on it. that's why i had to throw it in the intro i had i had to throw it in there because moonlighting but he was yeah hide a moonlighting, moonlighting yeah moonlighting that's the end of it if you don't create a genre is, look it up oh wait a minute knowing our demographic they know more about moonlighting than we do um, <laughs> stop t- talking about moonlighting <laughs> yeah, yeah we're done now um but yeah, no, they, they such great performances and such you know you know just like you said, tight writing, excellent performances. It's just a fun movie to watch. It's a lot more fun sometimes. Like I don't know, I feel like the Die Hard movie. I think very much like yourself, kind of just like dulls in your brain, and you just remember a few parts, mm-hmm. and then you go from there. But then you watch it, and you're like, oh, there's all this connective tissue that's actually a lot of fun, and it's got great pacing to it. It's like Action lets up for a bit, but it never lets up entirely because you know they're always constantly looking for McLean at the same time, being able to kind of see things from Han's perspective too. Um, adds it. Sure. Oh. <laughs> what is his. What's sympathetic about Han's? No, no, no. Not his perspective, like, oh, what he's trying to do, Rob. I mean, oh. literally just <laughs> okay, never mind. seeing things from the villain's perspective, you know, from the villain's perspective as they're trying to look for McLean, you know, versus, like, a lot of times you get, like, maybe one or two evil, like, dialogue banters, but, like, understanding that the plot was a lot more than, you know, him pretending to, like, want to free a bunch of, like, different you know, uh, uh, aggressive groups or terrorist groups around the world or whatever. <laughs> I read about them in Time Magazine. You, you, but even the way he delivered that line was, was like, I don't know, just making this shit up. That, <laughs> yeah, that, was, such, that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, all that shit. It just it was just great to kind of see that and that, that game of cat and mouse. I guess that's where I'm coming from. Not, you know... You really think, could, you, we, you just like, not like Thanos was right. <laughs> not like Gruber, Gruber all the way, Gruber 2021. Well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, I take Alan Rickman, uh, RIP. Mm-hmm. Any day over pretty much anyone else, <laughs> I'll take Alan Rickman. 
You're not going to get any disagreement with me, pal. Oh, welcome to the Alan Rickman party, pal. Um, but uh, this movie is just chock full of awesome talent. And that's maybe one of the reasons why it works so well. Even William Atherton as this God. shitty uh, like ambulance chaser type uh, news guy. Dude, he plays that role perfectly in every role he's in. <laughs> I don't know if he's really a bad guy, but good gravy is he hateable in almost everything. I mean, dude, yeah. I can't stand him with a passion. So every time he shows up in one of these movies and he gets taken out, I, I absolutely enjoy it. But yeah, he, he's <laughs> such a likable hateable you know asshole for sure oh completely mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then it's got pretty much the 80s favorite like henchman <laughs> i know exactly who you're talking about yeah, i know you know who i'm talking about <laughs> al young himself he <laughs> literally <laughs> he's like you see that fu manchu in that hair and you're just like oh well, hooray i'm gonna have lots of fun there it is. I mean, uh, for those wondering, uh, he's he's played a um, villain in, or a you know bad guy lethal weapon. He was in like Action Jackson. He was in Die Hard. He played Genghis Khan and Bill and Ted. That was like a full role. You know, he was in Big Trouble Old China. He he was in a bunch of TV episodes. Like I mean, like. He is, honestly, I think out of every movie, every, you know, every bit of pop culture I love, every movie, TV show that I used to watch in the 80s, he is the face of the 80s for me. He's the constant that runs through everything. Yeah, like, if he wasn't there, then something would be wrong. Like, it's it's what makes me kind of think that these are all shared universes. <laughs> well, we know this. We know this and Family Matters are definitely the same universe. I should see if he was in Family Matters, because that would be great. (laughs) There's no way we're that lucky. No, get this, get this. He was in both Lethal Weapon and Lethal Weapon 4. He comes back? Yeah, as as two different characters. He was named in Lethal Weapon, in Lethal Weapon 4... He was just a uh, triad member. Shit, okay. he was in that 70s show. This motherfucker's <laughs> been in everything. Everything. <laughs> he was uncredited in Hot Shots Part Deux. See? See? He was in The Shadow. He was in Beverly Hill Cops 3. <laughs> he was in one of the Beverly Hills cops. I mean, he was everything. Everything. And just to see him here, too, eating the fucking crunch bar, good choice. Um, you know, mm, just. Hard disagree. <laughs> that was my only problem with this movie. Did, I, you see, I, you, did you see the choices of candy he had? The crunch was the best thing in that in that case. Yeah, that's fair. If it's just if the only candy available was just the ones we saw, then yes, I agree. He yeah, made the I'm right not, choice. Yeah, I'm not saying that's my first go-to candy bar. I'm just saying that if <laughs> I don't, you know, like if you're like trying to give me like a good and plenty or 
you know, like hundred grand or something like that, I'm reaching for a crunch bar because those are gross. <laughs> yeah. If, if a Twix <laughs> I mean, bar is there, then I'm going for a Twix. That's, yeah. You know, I guess in my head, Canada, there was like a Snickers or a Twix, Twix somewhere around there. <laughs> he I, went for the crunch bar because you know that's what a villain would do. That's fair. He's like, I like puffed rice. <laughs> I want waxy chocolate and puffed rice. But better than being a whatchamacallit with chocolatey. Candy whatever it is. Chocolate it. It's not whatever chocolate. it was. <laughs> call it. Mm, gross. <laughs> remember those? Do you remember oh, those commercials? Hell yeah, I remember that because it just felt like someone, it was just like all the candy bars companies at the time because I didn't know who the fuck figured this out. All of them just agreed to put their waste material to this one other candy bar company because they didn't know how it worked at the time. And then they just made their own candy bar from the runoffs of everyone else's candy bars. <laughs> well, I <laughs> like your headcanon about that. For me, when I was a little kid, I was just like, when I saw those commercials, I said to myself, Oh man, this thing's going to get me fucked up. <laughs> to be tripping balls when i eat this thing because <laughs> those commercials were very nuts very crazy and not because they have nuts at the chocolate bar nope that's true they have everything else but those yeah <laughs> like it always was like let you call it because they're just candy bar mistakes <laughs> what? <laughs> well they literally are just like i don't know dude just you figure it out yeah. <laughs> you tell well, us what this is it's one of those, uh, you know, um, them things, the thingamabobs, uh, whatchamacallit. Mortimer, <laughs> you did it again! You gave us the, you gave us This the, one has, this one has sandstone in it. Mm. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, if you're lucky, you might so get what amethyst. What? Yeah. <laughs> amethyst. <laughs> you needed to go to the dentist anyway. What? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Hey, Hans, you got a watchman call it down there? Yeah, call me Roy. <laughs> Do you like the sequined shirts? Can't hate him for that. No. Well, who did? Who are we talking Roy about? Roy Rogers? Oh, I thought we talked about Roy Orbison. <laughs> Might as well. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Are you one of those? Uh, <laughs> it's my Alan Rickman. What? Is God down the toilet? Hey, so are you one of hey. those uh, Americans uh, who watch too many movies growing up? It's not easy being green, <laughs> McLean. Hey, oh, hey, ho, where are the bear bonds? Nope. Uh, <laughs> I am Hans the Gruber. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> we didn't even talk about how he said yippee kaye. Hans Gruber's No, wait, I'm Hans. Listen, uh, McLean, uh, I'm going to start uh, shooting, and eventually I'm going to shoot someone uh, you care about, so you better uh, get down here. Kirby! <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says, right? You better get down here. That's exactly it. Nafi, what did you say to me? 
yippee ki motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think Hans forgot his accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, the accent does come and go. He is supposed to be German, if you, in case, and no one w- could forgive you for forgetting that uh, while watching this movie. I mean, you know, it's aside from the fact that his name is Hans Gruber. Well, maybe his first name was Anton, but he just yep. like, like my aunt's he's from like <laughs> yep. Florida or some shit. <laughs> uh, my uh, my name's Hand Anton Grumblesmith from yeah. the f- from Tallahassee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to steal negotiable bearer bonds. What's that? I don't know. Do, do the scream. Do the... Ah! You know. You do the ah! There you go. I... I do have to admit, I don't know how, like, stealing bearer bonds, like, works. If it does work. But, you know, they picked an item where, you know, it was... It's still way above my uh, pay scale or financial understanding of why that would work. Yeah, what's the benefit of stealing bearer bonds? Negotiable bearer bonds. Uh, I, good question. It was printed with $100,000 on them, which is dope. I would totally love a stack of them. But I don't know what, like, can I go to, like, a check-cashing place with them? Be like, yeah, it's a bear <laughs> you just Do they not have, like, a bunch of numbers on them where the FBI could be like, hey, somebody stole a bunch of these bearer bonds? When you, is it just, like, a game of finders keepers? <laughs> whoever, whoever touches the bearer bonds last just gets them? Ye intruders beware. He who holds the bearer bond owns the bearer bonds. <laughs> yep. I mean, uh, like, D, because I, he makes a point of saying, like, uh, you know, you steal $600, they'll find you. Or you could slip away. But you, you steal $600 million, they'll find you. So, like, wh- why do what? these make you not foundable? Yeah, it's like, if they think you're dead, okay, they're not going to look for you. That makes a certain amount of sense. I don't know what... <laughs> I don't know what they're going to think happened because it's the whole roof would have blown up. And then what are they going to say? Oh, Jesus, terrorists must have blown them up. Uh, it's me. Hey, I'm the new police chief with a mustache. Don't worry about me, guys. Anyway, I was here the whole time. And they, they must have blown up. The, they set off the trigger before, you know, any, they got off there. And now they're all blown up. This Jeez. What are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, I guess. Like, I don't know if anyone listening to this knows, because I don't want to Google it. Tell me how that works. Yeah. I, What's I, the deal with bearer bonds? Because he's like, we'll earn 20%. I'm like, 20% of paper is 20% more paper? I don't understand how this works. The 80s was filled with this shit. Like, Lethal Weapon 2, and they're like, Cougarans? I'm like, what is a Cougaran? Like, took me forever. I was like, that just looks like gold coins. And it turns out it's just gold coins. But still, like, explain something to me. Okay, well, I have a little bit of an answer. Ah, uh, you looked it up, didn't you? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's due to the anonymity. Anonymity. 
of bear bonds. It is impossible to determine their rightful owner if they are lost or stolen. <laughs> this seems like a little bit of an oversight. But I guess it's used for people who want to hide their money so it doesn't get taxed. Okay, so now look up, how do you get money from a bear bond? Right, where do you turn in a bear bond? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, like can... Can like, I can put I, it in an ATM and get money out? Exactly, like does it just go to my bank account? <laughs> okay, John, first of all, I just want to say, for the record, if I get arrested by the FBI tomorrow because I'm... <laughs> Because I just typed in, <laughs> why do people steal bearer bonds? And now I'm going to type in, where do I cash out bearer bonds? <laughs> you know what? Let me protect myself. Where does one cash <laughs> Where does one bond? of a nefarious nature cash bearer bonds? Or you could have just wrote, where can I cash bearer bonds? <laughs> it's still incriminating, but well, the first the it it uh it auto completed because I put an A instead of an E. But apparently, a lot of people think they're called barrel bonds. Oh, jeez! Why this stands for five barrels? I'm certain of it. <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> Why I'm barrel rich. <laughs> I got I got so many barrels that you know people are jealous of me. I gotta protect them. All right, now I'm waiting for the answer. Okay, this well, is, this is riveting. You have to find a bank agent, a banking agent, okay. who will uh, cash your bearer bonds. But but bearer bonds are not popular anymore. So you will find very few that will do it. So if you've been holding, hey. To all you Hans Grubers out there, if you've been holding on to bearer bonds this whole time, you missed your chance. Oh man, you should have. You should cash out what you can and get them bitcoins. <laughs> but, but I will. What I will tell you is that if you have barrel bonds, well, bring them here. <laughs> yeah. give, we'll give them a good home. You could want. Give them a good home. In case that pesky Donkey Kong shows up on the show <laughs> one more. That's the thing. He's hoarding all the barrel bonds. It's like, these are mine. That plumber shows up here. Get up. <laughs> Taking them out. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Now we, now we learned two things today. Hey. I mean, I was trying to let the uh, audience incriminate themselves, but... Uh. <laughs> Too bad. It's already in my search history. I have, why do people steal bear bonds and where can I cash out bear <laughs> Oh, they are anonymous, you say? Hmm. <laughs> oh <laughs> And if one were to have such bear bonds, where one might one get whole, cold hard cash for such things? <laughs> I'm asking for a friend, but not a close friend. <laughs> you might have said he uh, fell out of a building. <laughs> I'll get you someday, McLean. Nope. <laughs>
Do they ever do that on the Muppet Show? <laughs> do they ever have Bruce Willis come on there and uh, have uh, Kermit the Frog play the uh, the Alan Rickman part? No, but if they should. Yeah, like, well, the way the Die Hard movies are going, I'm sure that the next movie will be that. Oh my, yeah, that whatever the the last one I saw in theaters um, was the last Die Hard movie. and uh, was A it? Good Day to Die Hard? Yeah, was that the last one in theaters? I think, it's, I uh, think his, so, I don't know. With his son, right? Yes, like, with... With Jai Courtney, the That's the guy, right. everyone that Hollywood decided to force on everyone as <laughs> the newest action star. You're gonna love Jai Courtney. <laughs> yeah, well, what's he doing now? Well, he was Captain oh, Boomerang. That's right. That's right. Never mind. I take that mm-hmm. back. I take that snide remark back. Uh, <laughs> apologies, Jai. <laughs> Please come on the show. Not really. I mean, yes, please come on the show, but also, you're great Captain Boomerang. Maybe not so great in Terminator and Die Hard. Oh, yeah, he was in the Terminators. You know the one that, just the one, and you know the one that we all are trying uh, to collectively forget as a society? Was that the, uh, the... the Amelia Clark, at the height of her Game of Thrones fame, plays... Sarah Connor. Oh, so this is so this isn't the uh, McGee or McGee one or whatever. Nope, no, it's it somehow made that film better. Well, you know, I mean that's. I don't really think that'd be too hard to do. I mean, they had little Terminator uh, motorcycles, and that was kind of right. Yeah, <laughs> that a person can ride on if they want to. Yeah, because <laughs> what seems like an oversight. Yeah, oh yeah, no, he was in that one where they were redoing the beginning. Oh yeah, that's, oh, see? That's why there's it's only... like, time travel, what the whore? Yeah, that's why there's only ever two Terminators. Terminator 2 and Terminator 2. <laughs> Terminator 2 times 2. <laughs> times 2. That's the only Terminator movie you ever need. <laughs> but we're not talking about Terminator. <laughs> we're talking about Die Hard. We're not? Uh-oh. Yeah, no, I mean, maybe one day. I think it's next year. We have Terminator schedules. <laughs> but I, now I have to ask the most important question, because I did bring Please it up. Please go ahead. Is this a Christmas movie, or is this a movie set during Christmas time? Uh, I think this is a movie that is set during Christmas time. Um, but I think there has a been a big push as of late to classify it as a Christmas movie. So I'm gonna go the opposite. I think this is a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Because it focuses a lot on Christmas, more so than the movies that are set during Christmas time. Yeah, I mean that's you're not wrong, and it definitely has some you know, it has a lot of Christmas puns. It has a lot of Santa dolls being shot with machine guns. Yep, it has yep. uh, it has some Christmas music in there, mm-hmm. so it's very festive. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a Christmas movie. Fine. It's a. It's as Christmas uh, a Christmas movie as Home Alone is. Yeah. All right. Good. We agreed. There will be no Armageddon. <laughs> but it's not like. You know, a movie that's not like the Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, or, <laughs> it's you know, like exclusively about the mythology of Christmas. 
Yeah, or you know, Jingle Alule. You know, it's not. It's, or, not, right, it's not about a big buff dad trying to get an action figure, being a bad dad, and then becoming that action figure and yeah. saving the day. Yeah, it's, it, in in this instance, John McClane is Scrooge, and he learns to be happy with what he gets by the end of the movie. By understanding, yeah, yeah, and man, you, once you see Holly's office, you're just like. What are you doing, buddy? I, if that, I mean, support your wife at her awesome career. Yeah, one million percent. I tell you right now, if my wife had a super office like that and she made all the money and she was like, hey, I don't have a problem with you not doing anything, I'd be not doing nothing tomorrow. Right. And if right. You th- you're going to tell me, like, uh, you know, I can go to from being a New York cop to an L.A. cop, Actually, maybe I get it. <laughs> or or it's just like a push, you know what I mean? Just I, different. I mean, at this point, I just, I'd just be like, Hey, pal, how do you like your omelets? I'm your wife, John. Stop <laughs> calling me pal. I'm going to open up a photo studio. I'm going to take uh, people's portraits. They'll be good at it. I like, I like helping people feel good about themselves. You know, bringing out the best self. <laughs> Welcome to your portrait, pal. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. Okay. Tap out. You win. You win. <laughs> you win. Well, that, I think that's as good a place as any to end this very fun episode. Uh, so that's going to do it for this week for us. I hope you enjoyed it. Whoever is listening, wherever you are. And so now it's the best part of the show. The acknowledgements. First up. That's right. John has the sound effect. Refuses to use it. Uh, (laughs) First up, as always, we're going to thank Burton M6 for the incredible theme song. A link to his Fiverr page where he makes amazing music is in our show notes, so check him out if that is something that you're looking for. And, of course, you can help support the ongoing production of this podcast. Look at us, 77 episodes, and it's all for you. I mean, it's for us, but it's also for you. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) So you can help us, you can support this if you like it, by telling a friend, or by purchasing something from the merch store. it You get something. I'm wearing one of the shirts right now. And oh. you could be too. I mean, or maybe you are. And if you are, thank you so much. And if you're not, what's the hold up, bub? <laughs> <laughs> and as always, we hope that wherever... However, you're listening to this podcast, be it from your phone or on a crudely constructed coconut-based radio, we hope that you are happy, and we hope that you're healthy, and we're going to see you next week. Remember, folks, come out, listen to the podcast, we'll have a few laughs. That's it. That's just me doing a recall to what he said earlier in the event, where he's like, 
come out to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. Now I've explained it. That's the end of it. All right. I got it. Yeah, well, no, you got it. Well, we're doing this for ourselves. Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip hop from the roots. Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga.